Today I'm with uh, Bob Dorsey. He's a licensed professional counselor and a police chaplain. He's been doing that a long time and a very dear friend. Uh, today we're going to talk about um, counseling, when to really uh, help someone, uh, refer them to a counselor, um, what do counselors do, and we're going to talk about this uh, in, we're going to focus on counseling, but then we're going to br broaden it out and talk about how to use counseling in the discipleship process. So. Uh, Bob, thanks for being here with us today, and we're here uh, at Eastridge Church here mm -hmm. in Portland, Oregon, or Clackamas, uh, podcasting today in the middle of COVID-19, <laughs> so uh, I think we're pretty close to six feet apart. Um, so, Bob, just tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, your department, uh, your counseling background. Mm -hmm. Give me okay. a little bit of that. Well, uh, Bob Dorsey, I have been with public safety chaplaincy and working through uh, Gresham Police Department for 18 years, volunteer. It's a volunteer position. Uh, we have now five chaplains working with the department. And then um, counseling-wise, I've been doing some sort of therapy since eight, 1986. Started wow. uh, inpatient psychiatric units and did 19 years in church work after a bunch of years in inpatient psych units, and then uh, private practice for the last 10. 1986, I began my career in third grade. So <laughs> <laughs> I only know that because I moved from Amarillo, Texas to Lubbock, Texas. All right. Um, so you started doing, you did clinical work in hospitals yeah. first and then moved into uh, doing private work. Uh, well, I did. I started after my bachelor's in the hospital. Um, came out to Oregon for my master's and in the program you need to do an internship and since I yeah. and I'd been I'd gotten a job at uh, an, a hospital here so I wanted to do church work mm -hmm. right and so uh, Good Shepherd Community Church had a counseling Got it. ministry so did my internship there and as a result they hired me on yep. so uh, that's where you and I met at yeah. Good Shepherd mm -hmm. uh, it was the church Stu Weber Randy mm -hmm. Alcorn and mm -hmm. some other Great men of the faith mm -hmm. uh, started. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, so let's start talking about. Let me. I want to open this up broadly, and I know I didn't prepare you with some of these mm -hmm. questions, so feel free to say it. you don't have the complete answer. But there, it, there's different types of counseling out there. You know, the general public, when we think of counselor, we we know there's counselors. Most of us who are, have a little bit of a medical background mm -hmm. know there's a counselor, psychologist, psychiatrist. There's right. different right, therapists. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, explain some of the differences and then also talk if as much as you want about some of the uh, differences, even within techniques that people use. And then let's focus on what you do. Okay. So there, well, psychiatrist is a medical right. doctor, right? Psychiatrist, medical they, doctor. They're going to yep. prescribe medication. Got it. They'll do therapy, but prescribe medication. Psychologist is a doctorate level. So a PhD or what's called a PsyD, doctorate of psychology. So they're, they're, um, not prescribers, but they're quite quite well trained. Then then there's master's level, which I am. So you could do 
licensed professional counselor, licensed marriage and family counselor, um, licensed clinical social worker. So there's a different varieties there. Lots of variety. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Didn't even know that. Mm-hmm. What's uh, and then you're a LPC, a licensed professional yes. counselor. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what do you focus on? I, I have exclusively focused on relationships. Got it. Yeah. 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 I remember one time I was referring a guy to you, which you later told me had multiple personality or, uh, you said had multiple, uh, disorders. I can't remember how you phrased it, but you said that person would need to go see a psychiatrist or psychologist. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so, so there, even you, even when we refer to someone to a counselor, there's a chance you, if they have a really deep issue, you might have to refer them on. Yes. Now I would feel free to that person. I don't recall, but I wouldn't have said multiple personality disorder. Right. So. <laughs> I, really. so I would have said probably yeah. has bigger issues than I want to deal with. Right. right, right. But there are uh, master's level counselors who are dealing with that kind of stuff all the time. Got it. So got you it. don't have to go psychologist. Um, but that's just not what I want to focus on. Yep. Got it. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about some of the techniques. Mm-hmm. Um, and um so what are the variety, or just to give us a few, I know there's probably a, a well, lot of varieties, but yeah, what are the main varieties of counseling techniques or, or uh, traditions that are used? I know you do emotional focus therapy, right. and we're going to talk about that, but what are some other types? Well, I think probably the classic is what's called cognitive behavioral, right? It's the thinking and doing type of stuff. That's the probably the classic, but there are there are... I don't, I don't know if I could say hundreds, but there are a massive amount of kind of philosophies or techniques um, that people specialize in. Is there a right. technique or one that you think is more biblically centered um, than, uh, uh, or are they all kind of take pieces? How would I think about that? Um, there are some that uh, clearly are, you know, biblical counseling, right? right. And they're basically going to, Tell you, hey, the Bible says this, the Bible says that type of thing. Um, I think that you could probably integrate Scripture well in most, if not all, because we're creating the image of God. Right. Right. And they're not attributing it to the image of God. You know, it's, it's different things. But if you're looking at people, I think, holistically as image bearers, you, you could bring Scripture to bear in, in most of it. Got it. Yeah. I, I don't I don't think there's a real problem. You know, in, in uh seminar or biblical or you know, call Christian graduate programs are gonna do a lot of integration of scripture and view of man through that. So I, I do personally believe that uh, the emotionally focused therapy is incredibly biblical. Yeah. Right? So you started off with cognitive you did cognitive yeah. therapy. And then, and then you switch to emotionally yep. focused therapy. Yep. Let's talk about why you made that transition. Maybe do a little bit of cognitive therapy because I think that's the most broadly yep. used. Yep. Uh, so give a little background on what cognitive therapy well, is. Well, I think then. I would describe cognitive therapy as skills and drills. You know? Skills and drills. Okay. Right? Yep. Sounds yep. like the navigators. Yeah, so it's just, <laughs> you know, it's, and it's incredibly well-researched stuff. It's effective stuff, but it's... Uh, what we would I would call first order change. We're just kind of changing how we do things, not how we be. Got it right. Um, and so, yeah, I think that was for me and the way I'm wired, an easy way to go. Right. Um, I think a lot of counselors come out of 
graduate school, either picking a model or being eclectic because, right? right? right. <laughs> <And> <laughs> That's what we do today. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so then you figure out what works for me, right? Right. And I'm very cognitive, so the, the, the cognitive stuff worked real well. Right. And quite frankly, very well researched, all that kind of stuff. So, so cognitive, if I had an issue, let's say in my marriage, uh, communicating with my wife or something, you would, if you were counseling me, you would tell me to do what? I tell you to stop doing that. Because <laughs> I'm sure it's your fault. <laughs> no, it's, uh, yeah, you would work on kind of as your thinking distortions and how that, how you're maybe catastrophizing situations and blowing it out of proportion and kind of learn uh, a te- techniques how to do some thought stopping around that and kind of control that. And if you can control your thinking, you can control your emotions and reactions and things like that. So, so then you made the switch from cognitive uh, te- counseling to emotionally focused therapy. So wh- why did you make the switch yeah. and then describe some differences and what's emotional focused? Yeah. So the, the switch for me happened, you know, I, I want to, you have to continue to grow and learn, right? You do a continuing education and figure out what's kind of the best stuff out there. And so I, kept doing different things, uh, growing mostly in the cognitive field, right? The, the newest kind of research and things. And I, I had a friend who was a pastor um, who started to do counseling. He was going to start going through gra- a graduate program in counseling. Got it. And in that program was uh, highly focused on emotionally focused therapy. Got it. And he and his wife did some of that work. And the way he started talking to me about that was like, holy smokes. He started talking about his emo- inner world, his emotions, and, a compl- and I thought, man, if it could work with that guy, <laughs> it could work with anybody. Yeah, guys probably don't do that very well, do right. they? Right. I was stunned, to be honest really? with you. Yeah, And I had been exposed to it through continuing education. So um, I had been exposed to EFT and said, well, that's good stuff. But when, when this guy I knew, right, I mean, really shut down emotionally, could start talking about stuff, I'm like, mm, I got to really look into that more. Mm. And then, then, then that's just that personal experience is what changed it for me. And then what, what are some key, what's the, the goal of emotionally focused therapy? What are you, what are you trying to do? Relational connection. Relational connection. Just to, to feel safe. To feel known, to feel accepted, to feel valued, right? And this idea that you see me, you accept me, and I'm okay, mm. right? That we're good. Right. So um, it's not, I don't teach communication skills. I don't teach skills and drills. I don't do that. I help people no skills f- and drills. focus on connection. Got it. Everybody comes to counseling with communication problems. Got it. Right? And usually people are actually pretty good communicators if they feel safe. Interesting. Right. If, if I feel like you have my back, mm. I'm probably pretty good at communicating, but that split second, my brain says, you're, you don't have my back. You're not listening to me. Watch out. It's on. And this is obviously happens in marriages where <laughs> <laughs> I, it happens in mine. I don't know about yours. <laughs> well, that's why I'm doing a podcast. Yeah, this yeah. is free counseling for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're all the same, right? So this idea that um, everybody's the same, 
everybody. And we kind of get reduced down. When, when my, well, okay, emotionally focused therapy is emotion, Latin to move, right? So secondary emotion, anger, irritation, frustration is going to move us away from each other. Interesting, yep. All right. Primary emotion, fear, hurt, sadness, loneliness, longing, joy, is generally going to move us toward one another. Interesting. If we're doing that from the right place, right? right. If we're coming from that real sense of kaboom, it's, it's uh, wow, I feel sad about that. That's, that's going to be a whole different error, uh, way we operate. My wife and I drove down to Southern California, and we were at an event, and I was really angry about something. Mm. And I was going to say something to this person. And I was sitting there building my argument in my head. Yep. And then it just hit me. Wow, this is such a huge deal. This is a lifelong friendship, and it's about ready to end. And I got sad. I just, I just felt it. Boom. Now, do you think driving home 15 hours with angry Bob <laughs> or sad Bob <laughs> would be a better trip for my wife, right? Right. So, right? And so the angry Bob would have, ooh, I mean, I just, I would have, boom, 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 right? But the sad Bob says, wow, that, that's, that's terrible. I feel horrible. The energy is totally different. Mm. One is aggressive and going to go for it. The other one is just, wow, that's, that's hard. I'm really, really sad about this. So it's different. Oh, that's crazy. I remember years ago when I was introduced to, uh, I think it was Making Love Last Forever by Gary Smalley in mm -hmm. his book. He, he wrote the words, anger is a secondary emotion. Mm -hmm. As the first time I'd ever heard that, and this is you know twenty plus years ago, I remember thinking I didn't know that, and I'm an, I was angry a lot. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I think he said it's fear, frustration, and lack of hope are the three reasons why you get angry. I'm sure you've got more, but I just remember all of a sudden for the first time being aware that I'm not angry, that yeah. I'm either fearful, I'm frustrated, or I don't have hope. Um, and it ended up in my early years being a lack of hope. I didn't really believe in God being mm -hmm. there and and all that. But, uh, uh, so in emotionally focused therapy, the, you are really focused on the primary emotion. You're yeah. trying to get to the primary emotion, not the secondary emotion. Yeah. Obviously you have to pay attention to the secondary because that's what people are going to show up with usually. Right. Right. I mean, yep. and so if you just say, oh, you're not angry, you're you don't have hope. Right. Uh, yeah. You have to actually work with them and, and be present with them and just sit with that emotion. We focus on the emotion. You and I were driving just a few weeks ago. We were doing a long road trip together, uh, and you were talking about some of the. You were talking about kind of the, some of the primary causes mm -hmm. that cause people to uh, have a primary emotion and then the secondary emotion of anger or, or despondency or whatever it might be. What uh, do you? Uh, I can't remember the word you used, but you were saying it could be one of these. So many reasons why they have that. Do you, do you I don't remember. That? Yeah. So when. Um, Someone comes in and they're dealing with, let's just take anger because mm -hmm. that's common in law mm -hmm. enforcement, uh, in the fire, uh, fire service, probably not as much, but in, definitely in law enforcement, <laughs> firefighters, I guess, can get angry too. Yeah. Um, they get angry at video games. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'll give you Bob's email so you can email him your anger on that one. Uh, all firefighters, but what, uh, what would you do with a, with a, a, a cop or a, mm -hmm. or a first responder? What would you do to help them like start discovering what that primary yeah. emotion or primary problem is? Well, uh, 
I, I think you have to let them be who they are, right? And, and let that be comfortable and honestly just validate what the anger, right? Because especially right now, we could, we could make that makes sense, right? We just let that be. But I think as you sit, sit with that anger for enough time and just explore it a little bit, it's hurt, it's sadness, it might be fear, right? Uh, might feel lonely, isolated, you know. Um, I've talked to police officers over this whole thing that family members are turning their backs on them, yeah. right? And so that's sad. Mm-hmm. You could certainly understand anger around that, mm-hmm. but when you stop and think, wow, your son, your son's not talking to you over this? And you're talking about the Black right. Lives Matter yeah. movement right. that's going on right now. Right. and the, yeah. Some know, some guy comes in, a guy did come in, fired up. His son is calling, you're a murderer. Hmm. Right? And say, wow, what, you know, wow. So you think about that. For, what's that like? Mm-hmm. That's the question of what is that like? Oh, it, it's so infuriating. Oh, I bet, right? I bet that's infuriating. But your son is saying, well, calling you a murderer. Wow, tell me about that. And eventually, they're going to get down and say, you know, what, whatever they do. They might not say, oh, it makes me so sad. Right. They're going to give something. It hurts. It, you know, it bothers me. It really annoys me. Mm-hmm. Tell me about your annoy- annoyance. And it's going to eventually, they're going to work their way down, right? You just help to kind of stay with them at that right. at that edge, right at that edge of, and then when it hits, when they drop over the edge and, the, and they talk how sad that is, how hurt that is, you know, how scary in a sense is my son ever going to respect me or am I going to lose relationship, right. right? Now they're going to jump up into anger, jump down into secondary, 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 primary, you know, go back right. and forth. That's fine. But usually when they stop and you think about that and you say, it's terrible, it is terrible what's going on, they can, they can sit with that. So being alone, not trusting or not mm-hmm. being safe, um, you know, what, what are some other things that could, you know, what are, what are, what is it that we, we need to feel like we're in relationship and, yeah. you know, feel emotionally well? So based on what, what attachment theory, okay, right? And so this is where I think it aligns really well with scripture. Uh, attachment theory in and of itself says was uh, based on evolution, they, they attribute it to evolution, and they studied a mother-child bond, right? And they right. eventually took it to adult relationship. Well, the theory would say, secular theory would say, hey, to survive, we needed somebody to have our back and be there for us and, res- and respond to us. As believers, we say we are created in the image of a relational right. God, right? Right. And we had that, and at the fall, we didn't lose it. It was marred. But our soul knows. Our soul demands perfect relationship. Yeah, we're designed to be in yes. relationship. And it's designed to be perfect. And perfect. Interesting. And so there is a ache, a need, an absolute desire for that to be perfect. But we're not going to get that till heaven, right? We have a stopgap. People, that's our right. stop. And so, but there is a, our, in our soul, we expect perfection. We're just never going to get it, right. Right? right? So attachment needs are to feel safe, to feel loved, to feel valued to be accepted, to be together, right? That idea that I matter to you. Paul, in Ephesians, reduces it to love and respect. 
Right. 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 We just expand that a little bit, right? To feel, if, if I feel loved and respected, I'm going to feel safe, valued, accepted. I can get care. I can get comfort. You can, you're there for me. You have my back. That's what it really amounts to. Right. Interesting. And the book love and respect is using, you were sharing like, uh, he was talking about some emotional focus type stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. Love and respect's a great book. Yeah, absolutely. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, It's interesting because, uh, men just want to kind of discipline their way out of something without even dealing with their emotions. (laughs) So this could be an interest, you know, you put like, I can think of some guys in my mind uh, who, yeah. Hey, we're going to work on your emotions. They would, they would be like, uh, uh, I always tell them it sounds scarier than it is. Right. 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 In fact, Hey, I'll be honest with you. When, when my uh, professors realized I was doing emotionally focused therapy, they were stunned. Yeah. Like, what are you doing with emotions? Yeah, Cause I know Bob right? and, yeah, and Bob, yeah. Bob's so, very straightforward yeah. kind of guy. So they were stunned and I'm like, I'm going with it because it works. Yep. Why, why did we get into counseling to help people? That's right. Right. And we know statistically this is by far, by far the best stuff because it's ultimately it's getting to what God designed in us. Interesting. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's the, it's powerful. So, so let me, I'm going to take a turn and, and weave this in, in discipleship. Uh, they tell us that, you know, uh, what discipleship is, is it's basically ch- taking God, you know, taking the, our love for him and making it personal. And so it's a one-on-one drive. It's a, uh, um, if, you know, it'd be like you and I, uh, if you were a brand new believer or not a believer, it'd be my desire to be uh, uh, personal with you and sharing our faith, helping you grow in Christ in a one-on-one way. Um, where the church, uh, churches and small groups typically don't get that personal, especially our bigger churches now. Um, so when you look at emotionally focused therapy, uh, what you're doing, what you're basically affirming, at least from what I hear is that you're affirming that the need for one-on-one life on life discipleship mm-hmm. is fundamental to uh, being emotionally healthy as a Christian. Um, so our fellow, fellow believers, fellow men and women, mm-hmm. uh, we need to be attuned to the emotions of the people we're discipling and so forth. Uh, am I getting that kind of right? I think if we would atto- use a good word, attune, right? right? If we're tuned in, to where the people are coming, uh, not 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 just the emotion. See, we focus on the emotion because of the attachment need. Got it. So the attachment need is the driving force. So if I'm seeing somebody who's angry, I'm wondering, okay, I wonder why they're angry, right? The lack of hope. What's and so if I have lack of hope, I'm not. I don't feel secure, Got right? It. So I'm thinking through attachment lens, they don't feel safe. They're really sad or scared, but they're showing me anger. So attunement is I, I don't just focus on the anger. I'm going deeper and right. deeper. And then I can have empathy, attunement with, I would be angry too if I was that scared, right? It's easy to show right. a defensive anger, of course, right? That's what we do. We're either going to pursue or withdraw, fight or flight. That's, that's what it reduces to. So when I'm actually feeling lack of hope, so therefore fearful, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to show anger. And I said, oh, you're, why, why be such, why are you such an angry young man, right? Why are you such an angry? Well, because, well, I think you're scared. Hmm. And if I can help you, if I can join you in that, I mean, I'd be angry too if I was that scared. And so that, that's the personal side of it. What do you do as, let's say you're dealing with someone, and oftentimes when I'm discipling guys, I, anger, I don't see, I see anger 
sometimes I see sarcasm. Um, and, and what do you do with like sarcasm if you're discipling someone and they're everything sarcastic? <laughs> I probably laugh. I probably laugh, <laughs> especially if they were good at it, <laughs> right? But it's you know I. Uh, I think that I'm not trying to change somebody's personality. Right. Right. Um, I, I recently saw a couple of uh, uh, retired guy. Um, strong career. Very, very strong career. And the first two times we met, he's crying in my office. I'm like, dude, my goal is not to make you cry. Right. But he got into primary emotion. Right. Mm-hmm. And the second time is he's crying. I mean, literally can't talk. And I said, my goal is not to make you cry. Right. right. I, I, I'm not going to try and change who you are, but you're obviously feeling this, right? This is, mm-hmm. this is powerful. And, and so um, the goal is not if they're sarcastic to make them not sarcastic or if they're stoic to make them criers. That's not the goal. Right. The goal is to help you access, you know, why are you sarcastic? Right, what's going on, and and if that's who you are, that's who you are. But maybe with your spouse or a close friend, and or in a discipleship, you can actually be vulnerable enough. Interesting to talk about what's really going on beyond that sarcasm. Yeah, it's about vulnerability. It's because, but I have to be safe to be vulnerable. Right, and if my sarcasm, you know, keeps me sane and keeps keeps all that at bay, why well, take that away from a guy? Right, right, but it, but we got to know when to employ, yeah, or put it yeah. away, right? So in the discipleship model too, we we really stress uh, that we are focused on beliefs, not behaviors. Mm-hmm. Um, that behaviors are the fruit of, of you what you do. Mm-hmm. So how do how would we employ what we're learning today on emotional focus therapy? Um, so when we talk about belief, we oftentimes do apologetics or right. things like that to really help strengthen our belief in God. Uh, what are some things that we could help someone become a little bit more emotionally attuned or yeah, tuned right. in? Because see what you're going for there are skills and drills, right? Right, right. Yep, yep. Which is good. Yeah. But I, I think if we start to, if we get in touch with um, my attachment needs, right, to feel safe, to feel loved, to feel valued, and what it's like for me when that doesn't happen, I can have empathy for other people. And that goes a long way. And so the skills and drills, the, the right thinking, the, the, the apologetics, the knowing, know what you believe is great. But to be able to do that at a human level, right, a connected level that says, I see you and you matter, right? I think that's, that's the icing on the cake. Yeah, it makes it personal. Yes. Yeah, and caring. Yeah, yeah, Interesting. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, it could be really dry and philosophical yeah. If, yeah. without that. So, so a quick story is a guy I was seeing <laughs> a Gresham officer and his wife and he comes into my office and we're talking he goes Bob you ruined me and I'm like whoa what, what what's up because you ruined me he goes I'm on a call in Rockwood I got a domestic in Rockwood I got this baby mom over here and I'm talking to her oh no he really does love you he just doesn't know how to express it to you he goes Bob I can't go on a I can't go on a domestic in Rockwood without seeing attachment this is ridiculous right? I think that's the difference right yeah, there he, he became aware he yeah. became aware attuned yeah attuned. And, I, and I think when we become aware and we see through the the attachment lens we we address the heady stuff way more effective, the cognitive stuff way more effectively. We're delivering it, I think, in a profound way at that point. Interesting. How we're created. 
What, uh, let's talk a little bit more about attachment theory. Um, open that up a little bit. You've mentioned it a couple times, uh, but tell us what is attachment theory? In, in so that? attachment theory came out of uh, England, uh, Got it. John Bowlby. He, in the World War II, did a lot of studies on that and um, was actually almost kicked out of the British Psychiatric Society because of the work, hmm. because it was, uh, he wrote a, he wrote a book, I think it was called 42 Juvenile Thieves, where he looked at these delinquents and said, wow, they're, they're actually just really hurt, sad, scared kids who are sh no hope, right, and right. showing anger, right. acting out. That did not go over well mm. in England, right? And so he continued to develop the theory, and it was uh, a lot of the mother-child bond. And... I forget when he died, but let's say he let's say he died in the seventies or eighties, and he died just before it really exploded onto what it is now. Got it. Um, but this idea of the mother-child bond is is, is a a mom attuned, mm -hmm. and that's going to develop either a securely attached child, uh, an anxiously attached child, or a um, avoidant attached child. Right. Mm. So. Uh, and then all our life experiences kind of, uh, we perfect our attachment style. Interesting. Right? And so anxious attachment style doesn't mean I have anxiety. I, I think it's a bad, a bad description of it. It's more, I worry about, am I going to be accepted? Okay. Right. So Got I'm going to, I'm going to try really hard. Right. Get everything just right. Um, and, and oftentimes they, that presents as, being critical or demanding or things like that, or avoid detachment style is like, I don't think people are coming through for me. I'll take care of myself. I'm checking out. You know, I, I just back off, right? Interesting. Okay. Secure attachment style says, I think we can work this out. Let's give it a shot. Got it. So, so secure attachment, they're, they, they'll probably have really healthy emotional relationships. They have a lot easier time at that right it. yeah it's not a it's not the golden ticket but it's easier right it's interesting even as you say that i you know i have six kids and i can see i'm like ah oh, interesting maybe i didn't attach very well <laughs> to this one <laughs> well you got to pick and choose yeah, that's right yeah i mean I, my kids aren't listening but you got it you definitely there's days where there's like yeah. yeah so i you know it's not that we blame mom that's not the goal it's right. just we look at okay how did that how did that work and and the neat thing about uh, they did a study on, on new moms, a, a good mom who's trying with this baby. Seventy percent of the time, she didn't get the cue correct, hmm. right? But she kept trying. Right. That's a good mom. That's an attuned mom, right? Right. And eventually learns. So we do not have to be perfect at this to be really successful. So you can fail seventy percent of the time. You at can least. fail seventy percent of the time. Sweet. As long as you're trying. Keep trying. Right. Keep yeah. trying. Yeah, so it's not that we're going to blame moms on this, but it's saying, okay, this is how attachment works, mm -hmm. and, and, and um, we can learn. So I'm an avoidant attachment style. So my go-to is to shut down. It just is. You know, uh, I anger and shut down. That's, where I, mm. that's what's going to work for me. But it's effectively ineffective, right? Right. So it works in the moment, but it creates distance. Right. So... Yeah. So with understanding attachment theory and understanding emotion, I'm able to say, wow, I don't, you know, uh, um, my wife, we were just on a road trip. 
and she handed me my sunglasses, and I said, I said, uh, I said, I said, uh, you know, when I was driving with Chris, Chris would hand me my son. Chris is a driver, so he knows how to hand me my sunglasses <laughs> so the driver could get it. And she goes, well, I'm sorry, I'm not Chris. <laughs> and so could have easily gotten into it. Right. Right, easily. But this idea of I could have shut down and all that, um, she got defensive. Well, I'm sorry, because it felt critical of her, right? Mm-hmm. It felt uh, so she didn't feel accepted in that, in, in that split second, right? right? In that split second, well, I'm sorry, I'm not Chris. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I'm thinking, me too, because he, <laughs> I, he can hand me my sunglasses <laughs> in a way that works for the driver. But being able to stop and say, hey, I got to engage, you right. know? Because my go-to would be now I can drive the next five hours in silence. Yeah. I could easily do that. Right. Right. But to actually say, wait a second, this is uncomfortable for me. I'm sorry. I hurt you. I get it. Mm-hmm. Right. I just, for me to be seen, for me to feel valued, you would figure out how to hand me the sunglasses as I'm right. driving. Right. 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 Or the food. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, there's a skill to that. Yeah. Right. But she never, she's <laughs> not to drive. I do all the driving. Right. So for her, it's just, she's, she's being helpful. Right. She's handing me something. She cares. She's trying. Right. But when I, when I, when she, I'm disappointed in her, that's, that, that means uh, that's an attachment issue. Yeah. Right. And so her as an anxious attachment style is now going to get defensive. Right. And try and do it right. Well, I'm uh, defensive. I'm sorry. I'm not Chris, you know, I'll, I'll work better. I'll practice. How do you want me to do it? Whatever. Right. So that's how, just real quick, we get into what the cycle we call pursue withdraw, right? She's going to pursue as an anxious attachment style, trying to connect, right? Because, oh, no, I did something wrong. I'm bad. Mm-hmm. I got to fix it. I'm going to withdraw. I'm going to avoid it as that and say, I don't want to talk about it. Screw it. And silence. Right. Which leaves her feeling abandoned, mm-hmm. right? Me feeling, I'm stewing. So, um, but in that five hour of silence, if I would have, it's not like I would have been, happy, right? (laughs) My my mind is going that whole time. It looks like we're just shut down and stoic, but we're burning a lot of glucose. We're not happy either. Right. Right. Got it. So, yeah. Yeah, Interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, the bottom line is uh, both as a disciple maker, but even as a first responder, um, just even knowing some of this, we really need to attune in to what's going on. Yeah. You know, it'd be helpful if we know kind of what attachment style we are. Uh, uh, I'd call, I'd go with avoidant. Avoidant. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's just me. I just go with that. Yeah. And I think if we, if we plan on that, we're probably pretty probably safe. safe. Okay. Yeah. And it. it's okay. It's okay. We're not trying to fix that. We're trying to be aware of that. Got it. And say, okay, this is how I'm wired for whatever reason. This is who I am. That works really well in a lot of situations. Works really well. Right. And so, but to be able to actually emotionally engage is a skill I haven't learned. Yeah. Because right? I go with anger or, or nothing, right? I haven't learned that skill to talk about uh, it's scary, right? right? And, and you think about the career right now of, of police in particular. That's pretty scary for my financial future. Right. Uh, that we, we, we would say, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, it bothers me or – yeah, I'm a little concerned or, you know, eh, maybe it worries me a little bit. That's the primary emotion of fear right? about my security. Right. Okay. Right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. So as uh, people 
go. One of the things, though, as you're discipling someone, if you're discipling someone and you're you're seeing a lot of anger in that person, I'm actually I am I'm walking along. I'm alongsiding a guy right now, and probably every other meeting, he's just complaining about something. Mm-hmm. He's angry. Um, at what point would you say, okay, hey, you know, and uh, you know, we're not. I'm not a counselor, so at what point would I say, I really think you need to go see like a Bob Dorsey mm-hmm. or something like that? When when would you do that or is there things that we can do before we even do that to help them? Yeah. You know, what, what, what would your, what would your advice be on that? Uh, I, I don't think counseling is for everybody. I don't think it's for every situation, you right. know, and I certainly don't think it's lifelong. Um, I, I think when you're dealing with the guy who's complaining all the time, I would ask him, Hey, what's going on? Right. Just I, part of, part of being a, a avoidant attachment is we, uh, we don't want to, engage with that at that level. Right. Right. So in, in my time at the police department, it's, I've heard it all the times, so, you know, they, somebody come up and say, Hey, I'm really worried about Chris. He, you know, blah, blah, blah. and I said, uh, well, if you talk to him, no, he's a grown man. I'm not going to get involved in his business because <laughs> 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 right? they don't want to deal with it. Right. right. They don't want to deal with it. They right. want the chaplain to deal with yeah, it. Right. Yeah, Cause they're, that's, yeah. that's way too, that's way too uncomfortable. Personal. Right? Yeah. Yes, it's personal. Yeah, it's personal. And it's risky, so we don't do it. So I think to say to a guy who's complaining, hey, t- hey I hear you complaining a lot. What's what's going on? Interesting. What's happening? Talk to the guy. Because this is what it's like for me when I hear it. What's right. the impact on me when I hear that? It's, it's, it's draining. It's, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know what to do with that. And he may not even be aware, right, of impact on other people. But I think... It, I wouldn't refer that guy to counseling. Yeah, I, I would, you know, keep walking with them and saying, "Help me understand." Yeah, what's going on? What's going on? And then, if it's, you know, uh, something that he's so stuck with, mm. then that's where I think you could use some counseling. Right. Where we're at a truly stuck place, mm. then then I can talk to somebody. How do you help someone dig in deep though, like and think that through? What if it's something that happened 20, 30 years ago, how would you? Uh, I think if, I think if we just sit with people, let's say something horrible happened 20 years ago to them, mm-hmm. we can empathize with that, right? Right. You don't need a professional to, mm-hmm. to empathize with that. But if they're so, so ingrained, so stuck, right? There are some great things the EMDR, you know, whatever it might be. Seeing a, seeing a counselor for a certain thing might be good. But I think empathy, really sitting with somebody and caring and, and, and listening. I mean, gen- not listening to give an answer. Right, okay. Right, but listen. When, I've, when I'm being heard from an attachment perspective, I feel loved, valued, accepted. To get Being heard is a powerful thing. And we don't do that very well. Right. We don't do that very well at all. We often just listen to give advice. Hmm. Right. And if you would say, wow, man, I, I can't imagine what that, what that was like when you were a little kid and that happened to you. I, I don't know what to say. Right. I, you don't, do you think I know what to say? I don't know what to say. Right, right. I get it. So this idea that, but I can be with you in that. Hmm. Right. And, and that may be enough for a lot of people. Right, that may be enough for a lot of people. I think if they're so stuck and it's so rigid, uh, then then it would be time. I mean, people go. I see people have been you know married for fifty years and they're 
finally coming in, right, type mm-hmm. of thing. So that's, um, they try hard. I guarantee you people are trying really hard mm-hmm. uh, because when I do my defensive stance and my wife does her defensive stance, we're both trying really hard and we're confused by the other person doesn't get it. Got it. Yep. Right? So nobody is being a jerk just to be a jerk. Right. It's purposeful. Right. Yes. Interesting. Okay. So, yeah, so I wouldn't refer to for everything. I just... Um, That's interesting. I think it, I, it, it may not have been Larry Crabb, but everybody attributes to him, but Larry Crabb said that I would lose like 80% of my clients if they just had a good friend. Yeah. And, and, and that's kind of what you're saying. Yeah. Um, well, I really want to retract that statement. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound so good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I, I agree because we don't. Re- well, part of it is, I have. Am I going to risk being v- truly vulnerable with a, a friend? Got it. It's different to be vulnerable with the guy you're paying, right? Right. That's a professional relationship. So yeah, I agree with that though. If that a lot of stuff. Iron sharpens iron, right? Iron sharpens. So, so if we would spend time being real, mm-hmm. right? A uh, crab was actually at, uh, uh, I was at Grace College when he was at the seminary teaching, right? So, mm-hmm. so all my undergrad is crab. <laughs> yeah, Dr. Larry yeah, Crab. Dr. Larry Crab. So, um, but he was just, he was really, really into um, radical vulnerability, mm-hmm. right? So if we were radically vulnerable, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm not there yet for sure. <laughs> so, well, Bob, I thank you so much for your time yeah. and uh, thank you for doing this podcast. Thank you for your work out there. Um, and just for the audience, yeah. we've been friends a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. and so if you have any questions, uh, uh, feel free to email us at uh, the navigators yeah. responder and uh, we'll get them to Bob and, and we can ask additional questions. Thank you everyone for listening. Mm-hmm.